You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez-Clary on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Back here on The Happy Hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Good stuff last segment, talking about some Nebraska hoops. Disappointing performance. That's what the text line has kind of just summed it up to be, a disappointing performance. A lot of people saying the defense definitely wasn't good enough, and uh, things need to change um, within the the Husker Hoops program and fast. Let's go ahead and bring in Aaron Sorensen of Hale Varsity uh, joining us, as she does every Wednesday on the Honda Lincoln Hotline. Aaron, happy Wednesday. How is everything going? Good. It's cold now, though. Yes. Why not? Hard pass on the cold. I don't like. I, I hate the cold as well. Okay, so let's let's go ahead and dive in here. Um, we we won't keep you too long. Let's go ahead and dive right in. Husker basketball loses one hundred two to sixty seven last night. What what was your what were your thoughts watching that game last night? Uh, my thoughts were: Can this get any worse? Yeah. Can it keep getting worse? Uh, it, it just was. Um, I don't know. I'm sort of at a loss for words. It just. I, I, for for certain areas where you have these moments where you're like, okay, you know, Derek Walker has these had these moments this season where he's uh, looked, you know, really good, and then Alonzo Verge is doing about just everything he can. He, he, it's just, I think it was Jacob Padilla who said it's like a roller coaster, and that's just what it feels like. Except for yesterday, it felt like the roller coaster completely fell off the track. Like this was no longer like a, hey, it might go back up the track. Nope, this one it just completely derailed and it just feels really like inexplainable at the moment. Like I just don't even really know how you make sense of what's going on 10 games into this season. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. Let's go ahead and move on to football though. Really quickly. They, they make some new hires today. We, we finally learned who the offensive coordinator and offensive line coaches are going to be. I, I mean, what were your thoughts? What can a guy, let's start with the offensive coordinator. What can a guy like uh, w- coach Wiffle do for, for uh, Nebraska? Yeah, I mean, Mark Whipple brings a lot of experience. I think that's the one thing when you look at his resume, he has just a lot of experience behind him. And so when you're talking about Scott Frost handing over his offense to somebody and making that person the true tried and true offensive coordinator, you know, that is something to keep in mind is the amount of experience he has. Now, I did also notice he has the quarterback's title with it, so obviously mm-hmm. he's going to be putting some time and attention there. So it does kind of make me wonder a little bit if that means that Scott will stay a little more involved in the offense than he was maybe saying originally. But I do think that Whipple is so um, – he just – he comes to Nebraska with a lot of experience. Now, he also did a lot of – I mean, I've seen a lot of people really excited about what he did at Pittsburgh in three years. Now – um, will he have three years at Nebraska? We'll find out. Um, but, I mean, he brings a lot of experience to the table, and I think that was really probably the most important thing with somebody who is familiar with this role and can really challenge Frost as they're kind of adapting to this new setup. Going from a guy with a lot of experience to a guy with not so much experience, Donovan Riola was hired as the offensive line coach coming off of three years as the assistant offensive line coach with the Chicago Bears. Uh, what's your take on that hire? Well, his brother, Dominic Riola, is pretty excited about it, and so is uh, his nephew. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they're all excited. I, I mean, it's hard to, you know – this one is one where you're going to kind of have to just take uh, you're going to have to take it day by day to for lack of a better word uh, or phrase, because 
I mean, when you look at the when you look at the experience, you could make the argument of like how different is the experience maybe from say Greg Austin when you're looking at you now it is different. Um, but I mean, there is a lot of still unknown with him. So I think that's kind of you're taking this as I mean, we Greg Smith had an opportunity to talk to Dominic Rayola, and he was like he gave a ton of really great insight about just like this, the type of teacher he is. He's very in tune. He wants to uh, tap into former players to understand the pipeline. So it sounds like he really wants to put in that work, but it's really one of those things that you kind of can't you can't take too much from it until you see it for yourself. So um, that's really where I'm at with him is you kind of just have to take the hire as the hire, and we'll see what he's able to do, especially once Nebraska gets into spring football. We're speaking with Aaron Sorensen of Hale Varsity. And Aaron, so they they filled up the offensive coordinator spot, the quarterback's coach, the wide receiver's coach, and the offensive line coach. Now all we're missing is the running back's coach or a possible special teams coordinator. Where do you think they go with, with either one of those? Do you think they hand the running running back's coach off to somebody else within the program or you know uh, tack it on to somebody's job already? Do you think they go for a special teams coach? What's What's your view on that? So I'll throw a little bit of a wrench into it, and I just want to be clear: I don't have any like specific insider knowledge. Kind of <laughs> you're, you're breaking you're breaking news right here. I love it. News. <laughs> um, I, I do think there's a lot of people who feel pretty confident, or at least pretty like like there's a good strong chance that Ron Brown is going to be at least retained in that running back that running back's role. Um, but obviously, if that's the case, it takes away the special teams coach. I don't know if I think that this staff is completely settled. I think there could be some potential shakeup on the defensive side. And I'm not talking about firing necessarily. But if somebody is, say, maybe looking to um, move on to a different role or if there's you know, p- potential of consolidation in some different areas, I could see that potentially then opening up the door for a special teams coach. So. I think that might be a little bit of why there hasn't been any kind of announcement with the running back situation is really trying to figure out if there's going to be any additional movement, because then you could realistically look at like, okay, so if you bring Ron Brown into the spot, what does that look like? Again, I, I think if it's anything over this last week, nothing is set in stone. Nothing is written until the contract is signed because I know I heard about 15 different names. People kept throwing at me about what about this person? What about that person? So I think about any option is on the table at this point. And like I said, that could be potentially Nebraska not even being fully settled in its staff and there still being potential shakeups. How how different will this defense be next year? I mean, you lose guys like a, a Damian Daniels. Obviously, JoJo Doman's no longer in that linebacking room. Feldarius Payne entered the transfer portal, and then you have quite a few new faces in that secondary as well. How how different how different? Excuse me. Do you think this defense will look? And and what's the what position group is the most concerning in your eyes? It's going to look different. I mean, that's yeah. just the inevitability of it. I think I think the area that'll be really interesting to watch is the defensive backs because um, when you look at like, when you look at why Feldarius Payne transferred, it was probably, or look, you know, put his name into the transfer portal. I should say, you know, he was looking at some pretty strong competition. Now he had two really great seasons at Nebraska, but he was going to be looking at some strong competition that maybe he felt like there's a better opportunity for me elsewhere. Um, I, I think they've got some strong linebackers though. I think the defensive line kind of has shown I could see it, you know, having some growing pains, but I think you have guys like Casey Rogers who are ready to step up into those roles. So um, 
I feel like with defensive back, it's more or less just like who slots in where, who fills in roles that are no longer there. Obviously, Nebraska returns some six-year seniors on that. And, you know, in the defensive back room, anytime you lose players who have been there a really long time, whether they played consistently or not, that's still a lot to replace from a leadership perspective. So it's kind of one of those things where, like, I, you could honestly say to me, I'm more concerned about the defensive line, and I, I agree with you too, but, like, I just think it's going to be interesting to see who can step up, but inevitably because of that, it's just going to be different. It just is. You're losing a lot of those long-term six-year seniors and even, you know, not six-year seniors, but you're losing a lot of leadership and talent from that group on the defensive side of the ball, and it's going to be really interesting to see how it settles out, especially as you get through spring. We're speaking with Aaron Sorensen of Hale Varsity. All right, enough with the men's sports. We're hitting up the yeah. women's sports now. The women's basketball program is currently undefeated, still not ranked for, for some odd reason. The NCAA needs to get it together uh, and put a number in front of these ladies. Uh, but up next, they have Indiana State, then Drake, Wyoming, before they enter Big Ten play with Michigan State. Uh, how, how great are these women looking right now? They're really, I mean, I think the thing that we have talked about almost every week is they're just very consistent and staying true to their game plan. When things aren't going well, if they're maybe, you know, struggling in one area, they figure it out. I mean, take Sam Hybe, for example. She wasn't exactly perfect against Minnesota, but she was consistent enough and she did what she needed to. People, players step up when they need to step up. If one area is struggling, other areas pick up the slack. I think it's the just lack of panicking. I think that this is a group that knows its talent and stays confident in that talent. So it's going back almost to what volleyball always says, too, of trust your training. It feels like this this group, these athletes, they just truly trust their training. And so when things get tough, like they did against Minnesota, the panic doesn't set in. They just trust what they know, and it it pays off for them. And as we see, they're 9-0. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, Sam Hybe was, was struggling in that game, but she sure came up in the clutch towards the end. She was making big buckets, getting those free throws uh, towards the end of the game. And, and uh, going from, from one women's sport to the other, the volleyball team is down in Austin right now. They've got an, a matchup with Illinois, who they've already beat two times this season. And people say it's really hard to beat a team three times in a single season. And if they get through them, they get the winner of Texas and Washington. How, how are the women feeling uh, about getting out of this regional? Yeah, it's not going to be easy. I mean, to be, like you said, I will say the one difference for Nebraska is they swept Illinois the two times they played. That's huge. I think that speaks volumes to what Nebraska. But you know, John Cook even said it right after the matches on right after the matches this weekend that like Illinois is a team that they had as a group. Like if betting was legal in the NCAA, just like a like a fun pool, like they they figured Illinois would beat would would upset somebody would would beat Kentucky so you know they're going to have to game plan for that but they're also very familiar with Illinois which is something that's different from other teams that they have played so far and other teams that they will play um this is going to be hard this is going to be a hard one to get out of um I don't know how Nebraska keeps kind of just drawing this uh (laughs) this opportunity to keep facing Texas but uh here Nebraska is but the thing is is when this team plays consistent and plays well with one another and can just really be strong um, and not get out of system. I mean, Nicklin Hayne was, was probably running too much, especially on Saturday. So, like, they just got to they gotta just really kind of settle down a little bit and hopefully they can kind of find some balance against Illinois, get through that one, and then we'll see from there. 
Yeah, we we uh, we'll get you out of here, Aaron. Appreciate the time as always. Uh, good stuff as always. We'll talk to you next Wednesday. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, Thank absolutely. You. That is Aaron Sorensen of Hale Varsity. Let's go ahead and take our final time out. We will wrap up our thoughts from Wednesday's show and get you ready for one on one with DP next up on the Happy Hour. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of The Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.